Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. This is the Steelers Blitz. More importantly, we are simulcasting on Steelers Nation Radio, Fox Sports, Pittsburgh. And between the two of us, one is Arthur Motes with a decade-longer NFL experience, the other an immaculate head of hair, but you could call him Wesley Euler. But between the two of us, man, we like to have fun. We keep the show super interactive. And the best way to join an interactive show like ours is on the Twitter.com at TheBody52. And at Wesley Euler. The good hair. And we are officially in off-season mode. Wait, didn't that? And I'm loving it. Wasn't that last week? I've been in off I've been in off-season mode, cousin. You're not in the moment, bro. You're bringing up the past. Right now, we're currently in off-season mode. Be in the moment, man. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying my best. Uh-huh. Yeah, try harder, though, baby. Come I on, man. I struggle at that. That is something yeah. I struggle with. I think I'm getting better. Uh-huh. You I'm always ju- thinking about the next you thing. You want to jump to the past or the future. It's we very are producer, right here, it's man. It's very producer-esque of me, exactly. isn't it? Like, you I'm always thinking relax. about the next thing. You I just got to relax, baby. You got to relax. Be where your feet are, right? It's a simple concept. Ten toes down? It's a simple concept, but sometimes the execution is very difficult. Like we saw at times with the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. Simple concepts, but at the same time, execution of those concepts could be a little challenging, baby. But you just be excited about life, and I can't fault you for that, baby. So you know that we're going to have to talk. Because even though we are in the moment right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers currently are in the slight outlook moment right now. Uh-huh. Planning ahead type. Uh, you, you called it a producer they're trade, producing right? in the offseason. So they're getting ready to produce off-season content, mm-hmm. which they are definitely providing to us. We greatly appreciate you. Executive but more importantly, they're trying to figure out who are going to be the new, you know, cast members, who's going to be the new directors for which segments of this beautiful film that hopefully we're going to see next year. Need some production assistance. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they're going through all of that right now, and we're getting some of the names starting to come out, which is the beautiful part of this generation where we are right now, where it's just so much information. I mean, I think 10 years ago, we didn't know who were interview candidates, who were potentially on the radar, conversation, stuff like that. It just was a lot harder to access this type of stuff. Whereas now, we kind of have it as a plethora. It's just readily available to us. In fact, it's almost like information overload at times. It it can be. You kind of got to like filter through all of that type of stuff, man. But where we are right now is at the portion of the season where we are looking for offensive coordinators. We started our interviewing process, or at least we started, you know, putting together certain names and getting different things scheduled, both from an import standpoint, but also potentially on an export standpoint as well. Mm -hmm. Because, like we said, that's the name of the game, right? Everybody wants a chance to be the guy. Mm -hmm. So to give you, you know, a little bit more current update, we've had two names linked to the Pittsburgh Steelers 
thus far in terms of offensive coordinators that the team is going to be at some point interviewing. We don't know dates, times, things like that, but we know the first name was Zach Robinson, the passing game coordinator for the L.A. Rams. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other name that recently came up was Cliff Kingsbury, who obviously has been at USC the past two years now. And prior to that was with the Arizona Cardinals when they brought in Kyler Murray. So those are the two names that we know directly right now are linked to the Steelers in some form of either getting an interview set up or some type of conversations are going to be had. So definitely like that part. And we're going to talk about that. But also just to keep the in-house in-house, Mike Sullivan, who was our interim play caller, mm-hmm. right? Because remember, we split up. We said Eddie Faulkner was the offensive coordinator. He would do the week-to-week game plan preparations, but game day play calling in stadium we said was Mike Sullivan. So Mike Sullivan is getting interviewed as well, or he's scheduled to have an interview with the Las Vegas Raiders as well. So as we see one offensive dude that was in-house that, number one, thought did a really good job when he got bumped up to being the play caller. We know that that's potentially getting looks elsewhere, and we would agree. We thought that he did a really good job when he did get that opportunity. So it kind of comes with the territory, Mm -hmm. but the flip side is, Either way, we knew that Coach Tomlin a couple of days ago stated that he wasn't going to just go with Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. So understanding that conversation, understanding what specifically he was looking for also, what were some of the things that he said, right? Veteran play caller, Mm -hmm. guy that has kind of done this before, he's had success at this level before. Experience, yeah. Experience, right? And that's something that is, I mean, even if we date this back to Randy Feekner, Offensive coordinators with experience already doing that, we haven't really had one since Todd Haley. Because you think Randy Feekton was QB coach and he just bumped up and that was his first go at being offensive coordinator. Following that, we went to Matt Canada, QB coach, but that was his first opportunity as what? Offensive coordinator. So I do think in a sense, I do like, you know, the direction with both of these guys, just in the sense that passing game coordinator – it's not a 100% offensive coordinator, so we're not going to act like it is. But at the same time, it is a very substantial role when creating the menu, when going into the offensive preparation from a philosophical standpoint. And that's, like you said, what Zach Robinson was. So just initially talking some Zach Robinson, when we think of a little bit less experienced dude in comparison to Cliff Kingsbury, right, with Zach Robinson here, under the McVay tree, where's your overall interest in terms of just when you first got the news that that was one of those guys that we had interest in? Yeah, Zach Robinson's an, an intriguing one to me because um, Cliff Kingsbury is a name that I feel like everybody knows if you are a football fan. Zach Robinson, not so much, um, but an intriguing maybe next in line, one of the next in line from that McVay coaching tree that we know has produced some some pretty delicious fruit, some juicy fruit. Mm-hmm. Like the gum. Juicy fruit. Like the gum and the juicy, and actual juicy, juicy fruit. Juicy fruit. Juicy. Um, he is younger. He is a little more progressive, but he's also got some of that experience that you're looking for. He also has some close connections with Mason Rudolph, which is funny enough. A nice little interesting side plot, too, is uh, he was one of the quarterbacks that preceded Mason Rudolph uh, at Oklahoma State. So those guys sharing an alma mater, sharing some coaches, all those different things have a relationship as well, too. 
that one that one's interesting to me because there's more unknown there i think like cliff kingsbury he's had the collegiate head coaching experience he's had the nfl head coaching experience and we've seen a lot of success from him more so at the collegiate level but we've seen it as a whole offensive wide and quarterback wise also and, and and exactly right, he is less of an unknown, Cliff Kingsbury is. I think you know, and, and we could talk about him in detail uh, whenever you want to go there, Sir sir Host. Um, but for Zach Robinson, I think it's he's not quite as much of an open book as Cliff Kingsbury is. So it's a little more intriguing to me from that regard where maybe you're not as positive in what you're getting, but the potential ceiling could be higher. I guess that's... That's the way I would label it. Yeah, and at the same time, I, I like that approach. Um, I would also say we can't cut Cliff Kingsbury short either to just simply say that we feel like Zach Robinson has a higher ceiling because he's well, unknown, whereas with Kingsbury, we've only seen him as a head coach. That's a, that's a good point. And even with him as a head coach, we saw the Cardinals offense still look good with Kyler Murray. So that's my only thing where it's like we can't officially put – bad on him where we really haven't seen bad specifically offense really if, if we're talking whole team i agree if we're talking about kings as a head coach i think that ceiling is kind of cap right now i mean i yeah. think it's different yeah. i completely agree but when we're talking just specifically from an offensive mind i think of you know him in college and you think of some of the quarterbacks that he's worked with varying degrees of them but the constant has been they all have flourished under him at least in the collegiate vein. And then, you know, we kind of have different opinions on them when they take it to the pros. But that's one of the ones where it's like, I don't think that the ceiling is low. I think that this dude, just offensively at least. No, I get what you're saying. I think he has a lot there's more. There's not a massive body of work right. of him as an offensive coordinator. Right. But we've seen, number one, his ability to get very productive quarterback play. Without we've, a doubt. Without a doubt, right? We Best could, Kyler Murray's ever looked is with him. Like we, Caleb Williams and Patrick saying? Mahomes in yeah. college. So that's my thing. I'm like, they all have varied to an extent, but it's like that part is constant. So that's the thing for me where I'm like, man, if we're just minimizing him to offensive coordinator, I think that just offensively, that's a great situation because now he's just hyper-focused on that. He doesn't have to worry about how to manage the team. He doesn't have to worry about what to do with the defense. He doesn't have to focus on special teams, right. which at the time could be taken away from what he does well. Or that could be something that he just doesn't really have an interest in. And that's what we say is the difference between head coach versus coordinator. So I do like that. But going back to Zach Robinson, man, this is the part where, to me, I kind of flirt with the reverse Coach Tomlin conversation. Well, remember when we hired Coach Tomlin, no one knew who he was. Well, technically, you know, he still – part of something, you know what I mean? I mean, he's a Super Bowl champion. Yeah, it's like, it wasn't like he was just there. It's like Zach Robinson, if I remember correctly, he wasn't a, like in this role when they went to the Super Bowl. I don't, he believe, so. I no. don't believe so. Uh, so with that, it's like, I get the, he's new, he's a part of something, he's part of a good tree, and it's exciting, and that's why I try to talk myself into that one, kind of like with the Mike Tomlin day. When he was coming on over here, it's like, alright, well he's a little bit new, he hasn't been in this role, could this potentially play out? My only hesitancy with that is we got a young quarterback that we still do not so, officially know. So that's why with Kingsbury, I was leaning that way because I'm like, I've already seen him work with 
three, four very different styles, and all of them under him so, were very successful. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's unpack that here for a second, if you don't mind. The last time Cliff Kingsbury was an offensive coordinator was 2012. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been a long time, and he's never been one at the NFL level. Right. right? Just the head coach. But when Cliff Carey's been an offensive coordinator, when mm. Cliff Carey, Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> a little, a little I'm getting excited. He's a funny guy. I'm getting excited. You know when we can harken yeah. back to college football conversation, it gets yeah. me excited. Absolutely. This is where my real passion's Come at, Come on, baby. man. The NFL's work, the college football's passion. I wouldn't expect anything less. He was OC and quarterbacks coach uh, in Houston, 2010, 2011. That's mm-hmm. when they had Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. And probably the best Houston football has been Come in on, bro. a lifetime. Come on, bro. And Case Keenum rewrote a ton of college football record mm-hmm. books. And would you consider Case Keenum the greatest quarterback of all time, or from top? Houston? Yeah, no, I'm saying just or in just, general. Oh yeah, no, that's what I mean. No, like, I mean, he's had a nice backup NFL career and those that's, kind of things. That's what I was going to say. It wasn't like he had Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Pete Cam Newton, Tim Tebow in college. It's like them different. You know what I mean? Case Keenum was not Joe Burrow at nah, LSU. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was he was dope, but you can make a case Case Keenum is like the Kellen Moore, just he was at a different school. You know what I mean? Like they was in that type of rate. Like it's Correct. fun, it's exciting, but Correct. yeah. Record setting season though mm-hmm. at Houston with Case Keenum. So that gets him promoted to OC and quarterback coach at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Goes from Houston to College Station and then links up on this legendary run this guy named Johnny Manziel. You might have heard of him. This wide receiver named Mike Evans mm-hmm. who's going to wear a gold jacket one day. You mm-hmm. might have heard of him. Uh, yeah, they did some pretty good things there. Heisman Trophy quarterback got mm-hmm. Johnny Manziel picked in the first round. Mm-hmm. Then he became the head coach of Texas Tech. And over five years, only had one winning season. Okay, but this mm-hmm. is a head coach, so different and conversation. Is, and this is where we start to see him struggle when he's at head coach. Head coach struggles offense, though. But he did have this guy named Patrick keep Mahomes. Going. I was going to say, keep going with the offense, who though. Who was not a five-star yeah. recruit out of high school, mm-hmm. who ended up being a first-round draft pick, who you could see how the development of Patrick Mahomes yep. clearly started with Cliff Kingsbury, mm-hmm. and then he, he he's fortunate enough to land with guys like Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. Very true. And the rest is quite literally history, six straight AFC championship games. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the Arizona Cardinals, where Kyler Murray in those years – um, Pro Bowl. Was the best that we've ever seen Kyler Murray. Like. $100 million contract, man. So, Motsi, you know how you and I have had this conversation before, that it's one of the things that we admire about the Steelers organization. It's one of the things that certain fans love, drives certain fans crazy. That, of course, is the Steelers' mantra, which is nothing is more important than winning the next game. If nothing is more important than winning the next game, I think you could probably do better than Cliff Kingsbury in terms of a proven offensive coordinator at the National Football League level. I would challenge you on that, though. Because he's never been an OC in the NFL. He hasn't no, no, been an OC no. I would challenge you on decade. that, though, because you said winning now. Who is the guy that you would say today is a guarantee that's going to come in over Kingsbury? Someone that's not, that has experience And that's not already employed either. I'd have to look at the list. That was my yeah, That's probably because I'm just like – but he's gonna still be in them combos. Oh, I feel a, like to I an extent. Yeah, here's, yeah, yeah, but here's what I mean by that. I look at Cliff Kingsbury more as the if I'm looking at the forest through the trees. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. And that is quarterback. I mean, right? Like we don't have to dance around that. The Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Steelers have been a franchise for what ninety one ninety one years. Ninety one years, I think. We said nine. What? How many years? Ninety one. Oh, green. They've won Super Bowls with two different quarterbacks, Arthur Motes, both of whom are gold jacket, Hall of Famer, all-time, top-ten type quarterbacks. You said they're, they're the guys. 
They've had guys. If you want to find out what you've got in Kenny Pickett and if he can really be your guy for the next 10 years, Cliff Kingsbury's the higher. Because if he can't make Kenny Pickett work, it's time to move on. Don't say it like that. But that sounds is, so harsh. is that too? Maybe it is, but that's also the business of the National Football League. This is very true. I'm a softie. It's the offseason. I, uh, I, I don't... Uh, it's, I got feelings again. It's the offseason. I don't have to be as, like, cutthroat. We don't have to be as, like, yo, it's either win or you see, lose. See, I feel like I'm we the gotta, opposite. Yeah, offseason, I, I soft enough, bro. I see the full picture. I don't mm. like doing the week-to-week mm. harsh judgments of everybody, mm. but we have mm. the full picture in the book mm. now. I love it, man. In the moment, it's like, bro, how are you going to react in this pressure? And a postseason game. I need you to react in this pressure. That's why I want to judge you right now. Man, well, this yeah, is this is gravy slash. train now, man. I gotta wait to see who's going. I gotta wait to see if Mason can respond to a playoff loss. I gotta wait a whole year for that. You know how long that Maybe sucks. Maybe even longer. That's what I'm saying. I gotta wait. To how long? When I'm gonna see Ken? I gotta wait. How long? Come on, man. I want it right now. Give it to me week to week to week, man. Are you a guy? Prove it. If I am making the hire for my quarterback, which that is a very common thing around the National Football League, mm-hmm. offensive coordinator hired for the quarterback. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury is my hire. I'm like you know how you and I talk with certain mm-hmm. draft picks. I'm running to the podium to make that selection. So you just answered your own question. Keep going though. But if I want to hire this offensive coordinator, regardless of who the quarterback is going to be for the next five to seven to ten years, mm. I might, again I just might look at somebody that has more of a proven track record I in like, the National Football I like League. what you're saying. I think you're very flawed in your philosophy though. We'll okay. talk about it when we get out of break. Don't touch that, Dell Arthur Most, Wesley Euler, Steelers Nation Radio, Simon Casting, Fox Sports, Pittsburgh. The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, back. Second segment, man. Steelers Nation Radio, simulcast in Fox Sports Pittsburgh. And before we went to break, we were initially talking about our office coordinator situation, the current state of the Pittsburgh Steelers, where we have interest in Cliff Kingsbury and in Zach Robinson. Zach Robinson being the passing game coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams and Cliff Kingsbury being the head coach at uh, USC, University of Southern California, formerly head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Talked about us having interest in those two guys and then more importantly, Mike Sullivan, who is our current pass game or our current game day play caller since the Matt Canada fire when we split up Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. He is taking an interview with the Las Vegas Raiders. So, we got import and export business that we've been talking about. Now, before we went to break, my dog, the one and only Wesley Oh, yeah, you got to, we had so much fun yeah, man. yucking it up during break there. I forgot. You got to tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, so you're not wrong, but the thing that you had talked about was your philosophy, right? You said, man, if you're looking for the guy that's going to help you right now with Kenny Pickett, it's Cliff Kingsbury, right? Because let's be real, he's probably one to two years and he's out. But you said you're looking. Because if he comes here and has a lot right. of success, but you said you're looking for yeah. the guy that's going to stay here for five, ten years, right? So, 
maybe ten years was a think little about what much you of just an said, though. But, but, but five years. But no, think about what you just said, though, right? If Cliff Kingsbury comes here and he has the success that we think he's capable of having or that we desire to see from Kenny, development, offense, picks up where it left off 30-plus per game, right? We said at best two years, but more than likely one and done. What do you think will happen to the next offensive coordinator that comes in here, even if it's not Kingsbury, and he's able to have Kenny Pickett? That's a great point. Averaging 30 points, offense looking competent. He's only here for two years, bro. And maybe you're, you you are a much more attractive destination yeah. when you're casting that net again for candidates. You, you, you catch my drift. So that's why I just feel like, huh. from a no, philosophical a standpoint, what you're desiring, we're not going to get with the results that we want right now. I think the five-year plan is going to have to be, if it was Matt Canada developing, like how it ended this season, that would have had to been a Matt Canada run. And now we're like, all right, we don't really like it, but you grow to love it. You grow to appreciate it. If this dude, whether it's Kingsbury, because we both agree, Kingsbury comes in right now, and we do think it would be an instant upgrade offensively. Yes. Just from a schematic standpoint, yes. mindset that's standpoint, production that's what the standpoint. the track record shows. So that's going to give you what you're looking for, and that lets you know right now about Kenny Pickett also. I just feel like, man, for us to get that super-duper long-term guy, it's going to have to be one of those super slow burns. Because even if it's a new guy that's on the staff right now, I think back three years ago when it was uh, Blaine Stewart, right? Obviously over My at West dog. Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia right now. Shout out to the former JMU Duke, you know, big time doing his over, doing it over there with West Virginia, wide receivers coach. But think about him when he was in this uh, in the system, right? So say, man, he became the dude that we're like, okay, we don't really know him like that. We know him in-house, but we're going to give him the title early on because we just feel comfortable with him. That would be, to me, the type that you could get for, like, the five-year mark. Because eventually, once you see this dude two years of having that type of success, I even think of Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. Eric Bieniemy before the success started to stack up and consistently be dominance offensively out there, if we would have said Eric Bieniemy four years ago, you'd be like, who? Right? You're not the only one I would have been right away with you. But because of that type of success that they were able to no, have. That's a great point. Even though it was Mahomes, even though Reed was there, it's like, bro, whatever Everyone that knows his name. is, I yeah. need a piece of that. I'm trying to catch this lightning in a bottle. And I just feel like whoever comes here is going to be a similar situation because what was the scenario before Mahomes? Alex Smith. Really good, but kind of limited. Offense could score, but kind of stale. Being me, Reed, Mahomes, we're like, whoa, what is that? What has our offense been the past three years? little stale. little stale. So whoever comes in here and they start to get that, bro, it's a reason why we looked at Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner what we did these past four games. Oh, 24 like, and a half bro, points per what game. what is this? Good Lord, it's getting hot and heavy over we here. We said, bro, what is this? We, Me and you both said what? Man, you ain't got to fire them. Hey, hey, if you want to keep this going, we can keep this going. We can figure that out. Like, so wait a minute, baby. You ain't got to move on that fast. Just wait a minute. Because we ain't seen nothing like that in a minute, man. Mm-hmm. So, once again, I'm like, whoever comes in here, if they could do any of that, it's going to have that same type of feeling. So, that's why I just think as a whole, we're not looking at a five-year dude right now. I think if we're going to get the guy that we want to have the results that we get, it's a two-max type yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That's a great point by you. And I just did. And every offensive guy loves, I mean, not every offensive guy, but all these teams, what are they predominantly looking for at the head coaching area now? Guys that have been offensive backgrounds. Guys that understand how to develop quarterbacks. Guys that understand how to have potent offense that can score points. 
the defensive court, the defensive minded coaches Most as a whole are, are ones like Mike Tomlin that have been been around. They're in the, the minorities for, yeah. of coaching at the NFL level, and we just lost those two are the of minorities. Them in, in Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. Vrabel as well. Vrabel as well. The list is getting thinner. Come on, thinner. man. So it's like that's not a big, you know, pushing point right now. We look at Dan Campbell. It's like, yo, you played offense, but you still give us defensive mind. Bite some kneecaps off. But yeah. he's a rarity in this situation right now. So that's the other part when you're just thinking of the offensive coordinator as a whole. When them dudes have success, everybody wants them. So it's not just, hey, are you loyal to me for giving you this opportunity? It's are you more loyal to me for a million dollars when they want to give you 10 mil to be their head coach? And give you the keys to the kingdom. Come on, baby. Yeah. That's that's the conversation of Brian Flores being here as a linebackers coach versus being defensive coordinator with the Minnesota Vikings. Hey, we know we gave you the opportunity when everybody was really rocking with you. You know, it's all love. But with this half a mil talk about versus this three mil, four mil, it's like, bro. Going from that, the condo to the that, penthouse. That ain't even apples to apples just right there, baby. Yes. You feel me? We we talking just two totally different elements. This is fried chicken, and this is like calamari over here. Or this is fried chicken, this is sushi. Like, where we at, man? I don't even know. I like all those things. Me too. I mean, I ain't tripping on it. You know what I'm saying? But no, that makes a lot of sense. And I just did something there that I crush people for doing all the time. Oh, no. Worrying about a hire because, oh, my goodness, what happens if it works out? Like... That's a great problem to have, man. You know that WVU fans and Pitt fans don't have much in common. But we do this both every time somebody makes you, a You for real, y'all don't got a lot in common? Not a lot. I did no, not know not that. Not much. You're right, because Pitt, Pitt, that's a metropolis, and you guys are like That's right. They, super all, eat whole, they all eat Whole yeah, Foods, yeah. and they drive Teslas. Y- y'all drive the, the little crank wagons like like uh, Beverly no, Hill. Yeah, no yeah. Pitt fan chews tobacco uh-huh. or drives a truck or you, goes hunting. You, you got the Never. little shotgun on your backseat with, with the with the... The raccoon hat? Yeah, all right. None of them wear camouflage. Not uh-uh. a single Pitt nope, fan has nope. anything camouflage in their they closet. They dress like Clark Kent. They look like Clark Kent walking around. I know. <laughs> WVU fans did this when we hired Neil Brown five years ago, six years ago. He's he's one of the hot young coaches at Troy. You know, takes down LSU, takes down Nebraska, wins double-digit games three years in a row at Troy. WVU hires him by everyone's account at the time. It's a great hire, and half the fan base is going, well, yeah, but if he does well, he's just going to leave us for Kentucky in a couple years. He's a Kentucky guy. He played football in Kentucky. He's an SEC guy. And then look what happened. Until yeah. this year, WVU fans were trying to run him out of town. Pat Narduzzi, I remember this same thing. It's been it's been like nine years since Pitt hired Pat Narduzzi, but it was the same Okay, if he comes here and has success, he's just going to leave us for Michigan State or some Big Ten job anyways. Mm-hmm. You should be so lucky. Because if Pat Narduzzi would have left Pitt after five or six years, what does that mean? He that did means here. he did a hell of a job in those five or Thank six years. You. Like when Rich Rodriguez left WVU, Motsi, where was he going? It wasn't because Michigan. It wasn't because he got fired. <laughs> it wasn't because he underperformed. It was because he got a promotion. So I'm get, they did that same thing with Jeff Capel. Yeah. He left Duke to be the head coach of Pitt. Well, if he does really well, he's just going to replace Mike Shashevsky one day. It's like, well, if he does really well, that's that a means great he problem to have. Probably went to a Final Four yeah. and won a couple ACC titles. And maybe if Duke is maybe, hiring him. Maybe even flirted with a natty. Like, and yeah. your program is in a much better place after yeah. having him there for a few. Absolutely, and I think man. you're absolutely right. I think that's the way to look at it. Hey, maybe if you do hire somebody like Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, he's gone in a year, maybe two. But if that's the case, that also means that he probably left you in a lot better. He left the room a lot better, a lot better than, than it was, than it was. Than he, when he arrived. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that yeah. that's just one of those things that as hard of a concept as it is, because like you said, it's human nature. We're all worried about getting caught, you know, 
less than getting stuck with the bag in our hand. And we're like, dang, how do we get to this point? So I get it. But I think we just have to look at that offensive coordinator position almost in a way like how we look at running backs now, man. You're not marrying running backs. Running backs are what? A three to four year plan and we're going to get another one revolving door. It's like a college degree. You know? Offensive coordinator essentially at the coaching ranks is kind of like that. When you get the guys that are really good, they don't really stay long because they become head coaches. You got a better chance of keeping a defensive coordinator for five years that's elite than you do, you know, taking an OC. Because you're, you're everybody, everybody wants the next great OC, the next great offensive Because mode. Because what are you drafting in the first round typically? Quarterbacks, Quarterbacks right? Offensive tackles, and who's typically, wide receivers. And who's drafting at the front? Usually it's your bad teams who got new coaches, right? So if I'm a new, if I'm, I'm you know, just fire my guy and I need to bring somebody new in, I'm looking for the next hot offensive coordinator, offensive mind. I'm bringing them in and I'm pairing them with whoever is the next young, hot quarterback prospect coming out or wide receiver prospect coming out. And I'm saying, bro, go to work. Go to work. And that's kind of where we are right now. And I mean, and even as a whole, the thought process in the NFL to an extent is we can outscore you. And everybody has that mindset until you see it not work, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're always kind of surprised, like, oh man, I told you defense still matters, defense matters, right? But a lot of people still have that mindset that, bro, we could just outscore you. No doubt. We would just keep scoring. No doubt. And you're like, all right. But that's also why these offensive coordinators, they once they prove they can do that, man. Teams figure it out, man. You look at Miami. They still trying to figure out all the other stuff at times, but it's like, yo, that offense is cooking. They're like, bro, we don't care about nothing. Else. We got this part square. We can score. And from there, that buys you time, man. There's guys that continue. Yeah. You know that it, their track record as head coaches, they can't have, they've never had good defenses, yeah. but their offense scores 40 offense points a game. Offense scores so they 40, they're going to get a chance, man. Look at uh, Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Offense scores, they're going to get a chance every single time, bro. I mean, it's, that's it's a same, prom. The that's same a thing great at USC one. is happening at Oklahoma. That is a his great one. His offenses are scoring forty-two points a game, but his defense is giving can't, up forty-five. Hey, what do you say? Can't stop a nosebleed, bro. <laughs> You'd be like, man, oh my gosh, bro. Caleb Williams sucks. Why? Because he lost fifty-three to fifty-two. Like what? You realize when Lincoln when, Link, <laughs> when Lincoln Riley was at Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield and them boys, they scored forty-two points uh-huh. against Georgia in a playoff game uh-huh. and lost. Yeah, you'd be like, what? Like How that, you score 42 they, against Georgia think about and lose? It. That was the part when we would come in here and people would say bad things about Caleb Williams at times. You're just like, bro, if your quarterback throws for four touchdowns and is one interception, you're not about to tell me he played bad, bro. I, I, I'm sorry. He can't have four touchdowns, 350 passing yards. What pick are you like, oh, he choked because they lost 45 to 47. Same thing. <laughs> Mahomes had a game at Texas Tech where he threw, he counted for like six or seven touchdowns. Yeah, I think he like threw for five or yeah. six and ran for another one, and they yeah. lost. Yeah, reminds me of that. Uh, what are you supposed to do? Was that Rams Chiefs game? NFL? It was like 50, oh 55, 52. The something. highest yeah. scoring game. Yeah, the Monday yeah. Nighter, right? Wasn't it a Monday like, Night Football like, bro, game? We got to play some defense here, man. Yeah, somebody's got to stop a nosebleed at some mm-hmm. point. But again, if you've got that type of potency on offense, whether it's a athletic director, whether it's a owner. They're always going to give you a chance yeah, because that's just something that everyone's looking for. Now, without a doubt, and trust me, man, um, we're going to keep our conversation going, but Power Grid Megawatts, I do want to get your thoughts on these coordinators, on the coordinator conversation Um, in terms of the Cliff Kingsbury element. Do you, you know, like that type of mindset, even though we know he hasn't had NFL success as a coordinator, but he's never been a coordinator. He's only been head coach. But understanding the offense success that he's had, is that somebody that's intriguing to you? Or would you rather do the whole, you know, Zach Robinson, right? A little bit more unknown potentially gives you more upside. We don't truly know, but 
that's also a part of the thought process. And, you know, let us know about Mike Sullivan taking that interview also. There it is. Would you have rather had him stay in the building? Hit us up on the Twitter.com at TheBody52 and at Wesley Euler. And this is Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler. And this is Stills Nation Radio. Simon Castle on Fox Sports Pittsburgh. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Yes, indeed. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Steelers Nation Radio, Simon Cast of Fox Sports Pittsburgh. More importantly, this is Steelers Blitz. And yes, yes, it is off-season time. So obviously you hear the music. We're just having a little bit of fun, you know, relaxing a little bit. That's how we do. On days like today, man, obviously we've been uh, having a conversation surrounding the interest and the reports that meetings are getting uh, set up with the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, passing game coordinator from the Los Angeles Rams, Zach Robinson, along with U, uh, USC head coach and former Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury as well. Both of those two gentlemen uh, have interest from the Pittsburgh Steelers and the offensive coordinator position that is vacant, obviously since the firing of Matt Canada mm-hmm. and you know, we could go now where Mike Tomlin said that he would not be promoting Eddie Faulkner or Mike Sullivan to be the Steelers office coordinator. Spoke Correct. on specific things of experience, um, having success doing this. You know, that type of mindset. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You know? Outside of the organization. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did say that was that was a big part outside the organization, man. Yeah, we got a we got a good uh, interesting thought here from Doug. Uh, Shout out to Doug, by the way. Doug tweets us and says he thinks the Kingsbury hire sounds exciting uh, because he would have an immediate positive impact on the offense, particularly considering the weapons with him to work with as well. You know, guys like Pickens and Fryermuth and the running backs that we think have a lot of upside and, and Deontay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good point too. You know, so much of these conversations always focuses around the quarterback. But you've also got some key decisions to make in terms of the long-term future of a lot of your young uh, skill position players on that offense as well, too. No, without a doubt. evaluations for those guys, too. I mean, yeah, whether you're talking about the younger guys that you want to decide on, who you want to extend, you know, or even some of the guys just currently right now pending free agents, that we got to kind of decide, all right, who do you want to bring along for this journey? But yeah, Kingsbury. I mean, Kingsbury with the weapons that we currently have on the roster that are under contract, that could be you know very exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen the success that George Pickens and Deontay Johnson have had exclusively. Um, you know, whether it was when you talk Deontay Johnson going back to Randy Feigner, you know, we've seen him have success. We've seen him have success under Matt Canada, no doubt. We've seen him have success under Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. We've seen George Pickens have success. Under Matt Canada, under Eddie Faulkner, under Mike Sullivan. So with that same breath, it's like, man, if those dudes were able to do that with those guys leading them, imagine what a guy like Kingsbury, whose track record is far more proven to, number one, get the best out of his quarterbacks. But if you're getting the best out of your quarterback, what do you think that means for your wide receivers? You get uh, you get those Johnny Manziel, <laughs> okay. Mike Evans type okay. relationships. Okay. Yeah. So that's the dynamic that I'm really excited about. If you know this were to go, 
because we always, like I said, that's the whole process right now. We're just trying to figure out sure. of the different candidates that we do know, which you know way do you lean, or which one do you kind of like a little bit more than the other? Like I said, we just know more about Kingsbury right now than Zach Robinson. But the saving grace for Zach is under the McVeigh tree. Correct. Now, how much stock do you put in all that, realistically, man? Because people swear by it. They say if you can get you somebody just under the tree, it doesn't matter how far along or what branch. It's just as long as you're in the tree. And, and you know, uh, sometimes you get the good fruit. Sometimes you get the forbidden fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he, he's been there since 2019. And, you know, he's worked his way up, assistant quarterbacks coach, assistant wide receivers, pass game coordinator slash quarterbacks coach. Again, this is – I like the Sean McVay connection. I like the Rams connection, and we have seen – what gives me optimism about that is I think it's the one thing you have to give Sean McVay credit for. Or I said that like he's, like he's not a Super Bowl winning head coach. Uh, I, one of the things you give Sean McVay credit for – I mean, just for, the main thing you give him credit for. He's it, taken two different quarterbacks. He's gone to a Super Bowl with two different quarterbacks. Um, he's – Kind of two different eras of that Rams offense have been back-to-back very successful, from the Gurley and the Goff era to the Stafford and the Cup era, right? One went to a Super Bowl, the other got there and won the darn thing. So that's that's I think you'd be foolish to kind of sneeze at that, right, yeah. to blow your nose at that. And to be fair, too, this isn't like the Bill Belichick conversation where <laughs> most of those guys have left Bill Belichick and ended up looking for a job again. Struggled. Struggled. Until they come back to Belichick. Until they come back to Belichick. The guys who have left McVay, in large part, have done pretty well, have uh, have fared pretty well for themselves, have been to some Super Bowls and done some things with their teams as well, too. So that part intrigues me. But again, what I come back to, what's bizarre to me is, and this is just as it relates to these two, and these obviously won't, they aren't, and they won't be the only two in the conversation, but Mike Tomlin was clear pretty clear cut about somebody with NFL play calling experience yes. and these two guys don't necessarily like they've never been OCs at the NFL level either of them so that's why it's intriguing to me I like the upside with both of them yeah I just still wonder how much that experience because again there's a lot of different considerations for what they want in an offensive coordinator mm-hmm. how much does that NFL level experience yeah. way in that conversation and i always go back to this and it's the funniest thing because we kind of pick and choose when we do it so with kingsbury right to an extent we're going to be a little bit more hypercritical of him never being offensive coordinator at the nfl level but if i were to ask you since andy reed has been in kansas city who do you say is the reason why the offense is successful we would all say andy reed right Yes. I mean, obviously, we know Mahomes is Mahomes, but in terms of who we give the majority of the credit he did it to, in Philly, he's doing it in we Kansas never, City. Even with Enemy, that was part of why Enemy had to leave because he felt like I'm never going to get the credit here because it's Andy Reid's thing. So that's my whole thing yeah. with Kingsbury, too. It's like, are we giving the credit for what Kyler did out there to anybody other than Kingsbury? So even though, like I said, he technically wasn't an office coordinator. No, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, because yeah, I'm just like, we only do it with certain people, though. Yeah. Belichick defense look good. We're not saying it's the D.C. We're saying it's Belichick. Correct. Steel's defense look good. We don't say it's T.A. We say it's Coach T. Correct. Yeah. Chiefs, so just, Chiefs look great yeah. on offense. It's, it's Andy Reid. It's Andy. Yep. We don't care. Same with McVay and the Rams. Kyle Shanahan look, and the Niners. Do, do you think any of us care who the offensive coordinator is since the enemy left? I was just going to say, do you think the average person can name the offensive coordinator for the Niners or for the Rams? It's Shanahan. It's Shanahan. 
It's Big Vape. <laughs> it's automatic. That's a very good point. You're making good points, Arthur Motes. I mean, I tell you what, you're in mid-season form here on this Motes House of Wednesday. I am in the off-season. Leave me alone. I'm relaxing, okay? This is not a work day. This is a fun day, and I'm enjoying <laughs> it. But with that being the case... We do actually need to take our final break because we do want to make sure our clock is on the right time we get out of this day, man. So we will take our final break of the top of the album. When we come back, man, we will start to turn the page a little bit, man, start looking into some of our in-house free agents and who potentially we need to be bringing back or not starting that conversation. But don't forget to tap in as well. And you already know, don't touch that. Dallas, Arthur Motes, and Wesley Euler on Stills Nation Radio, Simon Castle on Fox Sports Pittsburgh. 